Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Co-founder and president of Kinetic Communications, both with a K, Robert Kennedy III is a serial entrepreneur. He started his first business in 2001, which was an online music promotion portal with an internet radio station. In addition to this, Robert is an award-winning public speaker, a corporate trainer, and author of books such as 28 Days to a New Me and Seven Ways to Know You Should Lead. Robert works with leaders who need to deliver critical messages with confidence, and his work has been featured on Fox and CW, which is why I feel, I know, in fact, this is going to be an incredibly insightful podcast today. Robert Kennedy III, with a reputation that precedes you, so many people I've spoken to know you and attest to your, uh, your brilliance. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast today. Yeah, thank you. I don't know about the brilliance. That's a bit overstated, maybe. But let's let's roll, man. Let's see what we've got. <laughs> well, I'm I'm just I'm looking at your uh, your backdrop there. You know, you've got the yeah. you've got the the TV screen with everything we need to know about you and a and a bookcase that you know is would be the envy of of most people. Um, and and a proper microphone and everything. So um, I'm I'm full of hope and expectation that this is going to be a good one today. Well, let's throw the rock and see what happens, man. Let's go. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving the facial hair that you're sporting as well today. Well, you know, this time has been a time of discovery for a lot of us. We've been at home and we decided, you know what, let's see what comes of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the, on the, on, by virtue of the fact, for those of you, uh, you will have seen Robert's uh, picture when you, when you sign into the podcast today. Uh, yeah. but, yeah, but it would be fair to say you are devoid of hair on the top of your head. So yes. um, it's almost like your head is on upside down right now. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great way of looking at it. I love it. <laughs> um, all joking apart, um, there are many people who know you. Um, you yeah. have a great reputation. You are brilliant at what you do. We're going to find out all about that in the next 30 minutes. But for those few people, Robert, that don't know very much about you, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Where did it all start? And then we'll talk a little bit about your first foray into entrepreneurship and how, that, all that, how all that developed. But Tell us a little bit about Robert Kennedy III, the man. Wow. So that is a sordid and varied tale. Um, <laughs> so we love it. I, the, the long story short is I, out of college, I was in the mental health industry for about three years, and that set me up really great for my next job as a seventh grade teacher. Ooh, yeah. All right. So I, I, I lasted a year in seventh grade. I then moved into high school or as those in British backgrounds call it secondary. Um, I moved, I did that for seven years. I was a physics and biology teacher and I moved from that into the college realm. I was a college faculty in the biology department for an online university for two years. So 10 years overall in the classroom. And then I moved into the instructional design space and began to develop online courses for corporations. And after a little while, the corporation said, hey, 
can you not just build the courses? Can you teach us how to do it? And so I started training them how to do that. And ultimately I figured out that I wasn't teaching them just how to put some slides together. What I was teaching them how to do was to communicate their information more effectively to their employees. And I discovered that I loved that communication end of things. And so I got asked to do leadership trainings as well. And after a while, all of that morphed into leadership communication training. So that's the space that I'm in. That's what I do now. And in between all of that, somewhere, I found the time and ability to start up a few businesses. I was a real estate agent for a little bit. Uh, I started an online gospel music promotions company. I started a web design company. And (laughs) so by the time I got to instructional design and started a company there, I was already on my third company, but that was the first one that I was able to do full time. So there's obviously no, I don't know. There's obviously no correlation between any of those businesses by the sounds of it. So um, that, that says to me that Robert Kennedy III is, is a, you know, a serial entrepreneur is always, always looking for new opportunities as diverse as they've been. Yeah. Um, how, how do you kind of get started? Loads of people that listen to this podcast and they, they span the globe now. I'm, I'm very pleased to say mm-hmm. a lot of people do struggle a little bit to, you know, I, I, often I talk to guests about, okay, got a great idea. Um, but they don't really know how to get out the starting blocks. What I'd right. like to ask you is a slightly different question. How, how, how do you become so creative? How do you see these opportunities in the first place? I don't think I've ever asked that question to anyone before. So wow. for a serial entrepreneur like you, how do you even see these opportunities? Well, I don't know that I see them. I think they just develop. It's And th- there is, contrary to, to maybe what you just said, they're not, they're not unrelated. There is a common thread that runs through them. I didn't recognize that when I was taking them on. I I recognize that thread looking back. So the, the, the business there, there are elements of each of those businesses that really help develop what I do now. So the, the online gospel music promotions business, that was what I was doing there was I was interviewing people. I started up an online radio station. I interviewed people. I got to communicate with them. I, I, I honed my interview skills there. Right. So what happened with that was I was interviewing artists. And as I spoke to some of them, I found out that some of them didn't have websites. Now, here's how the the music promotions business started. My wife and I were in our bedroom doing that thing that married couples do the budget. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) Of course. What else? (laughs) Right. So she says to me, she says, dude, you're spending too much money on CDs. And I say, okay, man, I, I've, I've, I love my music. I'm a musician at the time. Uh, I've got to have the latest. I got to know what's out. I, I have to have it. So I don't remember how I figured it out, but I figured out that I could call the A&R representatives at record companies and ask them to interview their artists and they would send me free CDs. So I started doing that. I did that with A&R representatives. I did that with PR companies. So the first couple that I called, they said to me, Oh, that's great. Yeah. We, you know, we, we love the promotion for our artists. Can you tell us more about your website? I said, listen, we're, we're doing some things right now, getting undergoing some maintenance, but I will call you back in two days and I'll give you all the information you need. I didn't have a website. I didn't have anything. 
right? So I learned HTML in two days and put up a website. <laughs> and then um, I, I call it back, give them the information and, and listen, these CDs, boxes of CDs started to come to my door. So I'm like, yeah, this is, this is a thing. This is a thing. So a friend of mine, he has an online radio station that he's, he's doing. And so we collaborate and we put the radio station together with the website. And before you know it, we're starting to get requests for advertising and some, some of those different types of things. So, so, so the, the whole having to put together the website um, on, 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 the, on the fly is something that I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's something that I know how to do. So as these artists come in and I see that they don't have websites, I'm like, yeah, I can help them. I, I can help them get their sites together. So I call my brothers. One of my brothers is really good at graphic design. The other one is very technically proficient as well. And so we start putting our heads together and we, we start this rap, this, this web development company. <laughs> right. So those are the first two businesses, man. So I was already teaching uh, at, during the time that I was, I had these two companies. So these were not full-time. I was teaching full-time and these companies were, were kind of on the side, but like, it's like I had two full-time things happening at the same time. Um, so they, we did that. And the third company that I started was an instructional design firm. Now I had, uh, stopped teaching at the time and, but the instructional design was essentially what I'd been doing all along with teaching. And so now what I did was I, I took, I learned voiceover. I became a voiceover artist as a piece of this. And so I started voicing courses as I'm doing the development. So there's a communication thread through all of this, all of this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, here I am ultimately at a place where I teach leaders about communication. I share with them how to present their ideas more effectively. I share with them what assets they need to use in order to connect with people. Did I even answer your question, man? I think we went backwards. <laughs> no, you, you, you did. You, you answered it very, very well, indeed. Um, and actually, I, w I was going to kind of save, I was mulling over this question in my mind as you were speaking yeah. then. I'm going to ask you now, just because you've raised the subject of, of technology. Yeah. And uh, mm. I, I freely confess to being a 52-year-old Gen X guy who knows absolutely nothing about technology. Um, yeah. But do you think because demographically the listeners to this podcast are very diverse, but a lot of, of a big concentration in younger people. Do mm -hmm. you think that, you know, with this, the, the a dawn of a new technological era, does, does that mean for most people, it becomes more difficult to discover their voice? Um, and, and how is it affecting the ability to lead people? Because I want to spend a little bit of time talking about leadership today, mm -hmm. what it yeah. means to you, the lessons you've learned along the way, but is, is technology, enhancing or detracting from what we're trying to achieve as human beings, as leaders, as entrepreneurs? There's always going to be a challenge that you face in order to connect with people. You know, a lot of people would like to blame it on the technology. They would like to blame it on the time that we're in. But every generation, man, every generation that has ever been has had something different than the generation before it. I can only imagine back in the day when somebody discovered papyrus and said, hey, we can write on this thing. And, and the generation before them said, oh my goodness, you lazy, no good, some of my, you know, whatever, you know, you don't remember back in the day when all we did was oral tradition. We told 
told everybody thing through the stories and and we spoke about it and we remembered all of it. What's this writing stuff that you're talking about? You guys, you're 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 spoiling your brains with this writing. Right? So now here we are. Here we are in this in this new millennium, relatively new, and and we've got all this technology, right? So it's it's about recognizing where we are, recognizing that where we are is not going away, and then deciding what your purpose is, deciding what your end goal or your destination is, and decide and then saying, okay, what are the tools that I have available to me, accessible to me, that I can leverage in order to execute or fulfill this mm-hmm. purpose. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot more options, but in a, in some ways that should make it easier. Mm-hmm. It just, it just depends on you deciding that, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to pick something and I'm going to learn it, or I'm going to get help with it and, and then use it in order to fulfill my, my means. That's a very, uh, very expertly put as an answer, if I may say, because what you've said to me, these are the words I heard and I, I'm kind of trying to summarize in a word or two. But what we we fail to recognize is that perspective. You know, in a generation, you, you're only dealing with a with a snapshot in time. You don't stop to think about, you know, the first uh, the first books were written probably on stone and then paper right. and, and now on a tablet and, and so on and so forth. Um, right. So with all of that experience, all those different uh, businesses that you've uh, either succeeded or failed with, and we're not here to examine that today, what Overall, Robert, what what lessons has the corporate world taught you and how does it shape the work you do today, particularly with leaders? Wow. I think the biggest lesson that I've learned both from corporate and, and through my own business, and you, you mentioned you didn't want to investigate my businesses, but I will say to people that, yeah, there have been some failures and there have been some great successes as well. That's just the nature of the beast. That's just how it goes. And, and it's not failure, it's feedback. Right. It's it's really you're 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 doing this thing and you're taking risks and you don't know how it's going to turn out. So some steps will, you know, step you into a marsh and you'll step into quicksand and other steps will step you onto this rock or this trampoline that will elevate you. You know, so that that's just a piece of it. But the biggest thing that I've learned in all of that is that while I am the one executing or I'm the one taking certain actions. I'm not on the journey alone and I don't have to act like I'm on the journey alone. As a matter of fact, if I step in a marsh, there are other people that are either in the marsh right beside me or people that are on the other side of the marsh that just came through the marsh that I can look to and say, Hey, how'd you make it through the marsh? (laughs) Right? Mm. So it's, it's really about maximizing or taking advantage of the community. And there is a community, no matter what business you're in, no matter where you are, no matter what level of business you are in, you know, as a leader, you don't have to do that by yourself. You don't have to do it by yourself. You've got a team, you've got, you've got mentors that are available to you, leverage them, access them, reach out for them. And since there is no manual on leadership any more than there's a manual on parenthood or whatever it happens to be, um, <laughs> yeah. how do you? Sp- what, what are the common issues that you find leaders face? You know, the, the common challenges that they have. You know, some we consider to be expert leaders; others, you know, um, maybe still like finding their way. But is there? Is there, is, is there a group of rules? Is, there a, is, is everyone unique in their own way? Are there any guidance notes that you can offer us as potential aspiring leaders that, mm-hmm. based on your experience, 
if, if there was a kind of a simple mantra to work to or by, you could give us some insights into what makes a good leader? Well, I believe there's one core value, one core principle, one core, one foundational item that makes leaders effective. And that is one word, trust, being able to develop trust. If you, if you do not have trust with people, then you are, they're not going to believe you. They're not going to follow you. There's, they're going to do what they can to sabotage you and get you out of there. Right. Mm -hmm. Trust is, is the number one thing that you do that, that, that needs to be developed in any leadership situation, how you develop trust is, is another story. And, and you've got to be able to connect with people in order to develop that trust. And, and, and I believe communication where I sit is one of the biggest ways to develop that trust and that connection. So if you're a leader and you, and you're in a situation where maybe you're coming into a new organization, or maybe you are ascending the ladder, you're an emerging leader, you know, one of the biggest things that you can do to develop or enhance your, your skills and get to a place where you can develop that connection and trust is to develop your communication skills. I think about Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett uh, went to a university and he was doing a speech in a classroom or he was talking to a classroom and, and they were asking him, what's the number one thing that he would have done differently? earlier in his, in his business in order to develop his, his leadership in order to develop his life. And he responded that, listen, I waited too long to take this Dale Carnegie course on public speaking, right? He said, speak, being able to communicate effectively is the, was the number one thing that, that I should have done early on in, in my business. Right. And he recommended, I, I don't even remember what the number was, but he he mentioned to some of them that if they were willing to commit themselves to, to, to do this thing, he would even pay for it for them. Right. And so if, if the, I forget what number he is now, if the number three or four richest man in the world, right. Says, listen, the biggest thing that I can do to be a more effective leader, to be a more effective human being is to learn how to communicate more effectively. I think I might listen to that. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's uh, coming coming from the words of somebody that's achieved what he has. Yeah, I guess you would sit up and listen. Um, now you're you know you're a public speaker, a very uh -huh. a very successful one uh, too. May I add? Uh, it's a kind of a, ch a question aimed directly at your public speaking and the work that you do with people. And I think probably there is a link to um, to, to businesses as well. And my question mm -hmm. is quite simple: Why is it important to identify or have a kind of a signature talk, a signature story. Mm. Now, whether that's a public, a publicly spoken message like you deliver, or whether it's just an identity in a business, why, why is that important? Because I know, I know from everything I've, I know about you, that that's something that you, you have, you know, some, some very important things to say. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, there's a, gentleman by the name of uh, David Aker. And he says that a signature story is a strategic asset that you should have. And, and when we think about stories, a lot of times we think about stories as once upon a time. We think about them as 
uh, fluffy, woo woo, the, the things that, that they're just nice to have. And, and the truth is strategic messaging, strategic stories are, are things that allow us to connect with people in a specific way in order to reach a specific result. Right. And so I've got a product. I've got I've got this thing called uh, five hour energy. Right. This 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 little bottle. And the guy that developed it, he didn't develop it because he said, you know what? I feel like um, putting coffee in a bottle. <laughs> right. He didn't develop it just because he's he sat at home and said um, he, he just kind of felt like doing it. He was walking around these conventions or these conferences. And, and at the end of the day or partway through the day, he recognized that he was feeling very tired. And, and when he mentioned this to people, he he saw that they, they, their recommendations to him was, hey, go get one of those energy drinks right? Like monster or, mm. or the one red bull, the one with wings. And, mm. but he said, but, but I'm not thirsty. I'm not thirsty. I don't feel like drinking 16 ounces of this. <laughs> I don't feel like drinking a lot of coffee or whatever. I've, I've had water all day. As a matter of fact, I don't want all of that sugar. I just need an energy boost. Right. And so he then uses that to develop five hour energy, but now he's got this product. How does he share that information with people? so that they then connect with the experience that, that he had. So now he tells, he reminds them and says, hey, this is why five-hour energy was created. I was experiencing this. I was doing this. I went through this day and this is what I felt. Can you connect with that? Can you relate to that? Does that resonate with you? Have you ever experienced that? People are not in their heads. Yeah, oh my gosh, yes, yes. So now they say, well, since we have experienced that with you and we know that you're a human being just like us, then what do you have to solve that issue? Right. And so if you're a business owner and you've got services or products, how do you connect with people? Because they're people, they're human beings, and they want to know that you understand them, that you get them, that you have experienced the thing that they're experiencing so that they can know that they can believe the products that you're selling will work for them too. I mean, that's the whole idea behind reviews, mm. right? You buy something on Amazon, you look at, you look, how many reviews does it have? What does, is it like three star, four star, five star? And these are people you don't even know, right? You're reading reviews from people. You don't even know if they're real or if they exist, but you're looking for it because we ultimately and innately want companionship. We want collab. We want to know that other people are experiencing the same things that we're experiencing and that they get us. Yeah. So that's the power of, of stories. Love it. Uh, yeah, well, I have to now hold my hands up uh, somewhat embarrassed and say to you, I only buy stuff from Amazon if it's got a four and a half star or five star review. I don't even, I don't know if it's any good or not, but and, and, it, and it's, and it's actually, it's, it's uh, what we know is the principle of consensus. We need yes. to seek permission from other people to do stuff. Right. So yeah. um, now you mentioned earlier, Robert, that, you know, you've had some successes and you've had some failures. And, and what I meant when I said we weren't going to go deep dive was I didn't, I didn't want to embarrass you by examining them all in detail just because we haven't got enough time. <laughs> um, but, as a, but as a general concept, it is, uh, it's a it's a great comfort to me, and I'm sure lots of people listening that you have had some obstacles, some roadblocks, bumps, failures along the way. Call it call it whatever you will, just yeah. because that's reality. Yeah. How do you overcome 
such challenges. You know, it, it's great. We can have a conversation on a sunny day when the economy's good and the stock market's going up in a straight line uh, and the world is a fantastic place to be in. But the, the real test of someone's character, their, their bounce ability, their, their ultimate success is going to be determined by how they deal with the bad times. Yeah. So how does Robert Kennedy deal with the challenges he faces in life and how do you impart those to the people that you work with? Well, there's this great book by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz called The Four Agreements. And one of the agreements is don't take it personal. Okay. It's, it's things that happen in your life are not personal to you. It's not because you are an evil, um, unworthy person. You know, so I look at I'm looking at the president of our country at this time, and I'm not going to talk politics, but um, our our pres our country has a president that has gone bankrupt or has filed bankruptcy many times and yet is still in a position where his wealth is at a certain place. Right. So bankruptcy or a failure does not make you a failure. It's just an event that has taken place in your life. And if you connect that event with your self-worth, then, then, then you're done for. You're going to sit there wallowing inside of that. We've got to separate that event from us as a person. It's just something that happened, right? It's a fact. Facts aren't feelings. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, make you who you are. It's about saying, okay, that event happened. Okay, cool. It's an event. Let me put it here in this bucket. Let me put it here in this box where it belongs. And now let's let's step on to the next thing. What do I need to do with that? It, it, in, in fact, it simply may be a tool that you use to, to leverage your, your, your launch, right? It's, it's something that you say, okay, that didn't work. I'm not doing that again, <laughs> right? And so now you know which direction you need to go the next time. So yeah, the biggest thing is, is don't, take, don't take the failures personally because they don't define you. I, I, that is a really good answer, actually, and that will give people a lot, lot of perspective. Um, now, I know something else that you, you spend time talking about. And we just want to touch on the books in a moment, but mm-hmm. um, a, a, attention grabbing. And I don't mean you know, for the sake of it, but I'm talking about in business, to capture people's attention in a very competitive marketplace, more competitive now perhaps than ever before, especially with online presence, things becoming easier to do. Capturing people's customers' a future companion's attention, difficult at the best of times. What's the easiest way to capture? We talk about marketing and PR and online presence, but in your experience, Robert, what's the easiest way to engage with someone else, to capture their attention, to highlight a brand, to promote your business as as a general concept? Well, I kind of want to switch that a little bit because when we say easy, there are a lot of easy ways to get attention. You can be controversial. You can say something silly off the cuff. You can, you can be racist. You can, you can be, you can act like a reality show star, right? You can do all of those crazy things and get attention. Okay. There's some people who operate by the mantra, any publicity is good publicity. Negative publicity is good publicity. As long as they're saying my name, as long as my, the name of my business, me, is, uh, as long as I'm in their mouth, then, then it's good. You know, they, they know me. I'm out there. That's a way of getting attention. That's an easy way to get attention. Is it attention that you want? 
It depends on what your core values are. It depends on where you want to end up. So in business, I would say one of the better ways to get attention is to not try to get the attention of everybody. You've got to really figure out who you want to get the attention of, or even more succinctly, who you can help because you can get somebody's attention, but maybe you don't have the skill set, product or service that's going to help that person. What is the skill set that you have? What is, what is the way that you serve best? And sometimes the way that we serve best is something that we take for granted that we're not even paying attention to. We just do it naturally. Right. And we, and people continually ask us questions about this thing and we don't pay attention to it. And we're like, yeah, whatever, you know, and we give stuff away because it's just something that comes natural to us. Right. My dad was talking to me several years ago and he would call me and say, Hey, how do I fix this on my computer? How do I fix that? How do I fix this? And, and every time I would go to my father-in-law's house, he would say, Hey, Robert, I've, I've got something for you to fix in the attic, you know, and this is like something on his computer. And literally people from my church will call me or people like, I don't even barely know will call me and say, Hey, I heard that you can fix this. Or I I heard that um, I should talk to you about this. And you know, a lot of technological things. And for a very long time, I just, I just, it was like, I waved it off. It was like, yeah, just, you know, that's just something I do. I just happen to have this random information in my head because I've messed up enough. I know how to fix it. <laughs> right. And so after a while, I kind of said, my goodness, um, why do I keep getting these questions? And, and the reality is I kept getting the questions because that's the energy that I'm giving off. People are looking, people are seeing what you're doing and they're paying attention to how you help. And so now, yeah, I work with leaders on communication, but I also, there's, there's something very specific that I do. I work with uh, leaders or, or business leaders on the techniques and the technologies of storytelling. Right. And so I've, I finally said, okay, yeah, I've got to merge that because that's the question I'm getting asked anyway. So mm. with regard to your question, how do I get people's attention? Um, they're already looking for you. So it's a matter of you uh, admitting or paying attention to what people are looking for from you and then saying, you know what? Okay, let me formalize that. Let, let me market that. Let me, mm-hmm. let me share that in a way that lets people know, yeah, this is, this is what I do. This is how I help. This is how I serve. And it doesn't have to be everybody. It's, 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 a, it's a person. It's a specific group of people. I'm, I'm sitting here listening to the guy with the voiceover voice uh, and, and answering every question really succinctly, uh, articulately. And I'm, I'm kind of in awe, um, thinking, God, when I grow up, I hope I'm going to be like uh, Robert Kennedy. Um, so I, I do need to ask you about the books. I mean, any, yeah. I've written one and it nearly killed me. Yeah. Uh, anyone who's written more than one, I, I have to bow down and doff my cap to. So just tell us briefly about, about the books you've written. Wow. So my very first book was a book that a, a publishing company in London called and said, Hey, we need you to write this technical book. And it was kind of a funny story. So they, they asked me to write this book. They give me a date for it. And I'd never written a book before. And so I spent about three months, just, I was struggling to write this thing. And finally they said, hey, we've got this date. And I said, man, I, I, I'm like 5% of the way there. 
and I've got a couple of months to make this thing happen. So I hired a ghostwriter, man. <laughs> and every day we would get up in the morning, we would get up and I would talk and he would write. I would talk and he would write. And he made it sound so good. And so that was my first book. The second book that I wrote was, was self-published. And that was really, I was on, in a challenge that I, that I started just randomly with people and I decided to capture the elements of the challenge. And that was a 28 days book. And so very short book, but it was just me capturing the different days in order to serve the people and really, really lead them on their journey through this 28 days. And so that was the capturing the leadership book, just a, a, uh, a collection of some leadership experiences that I'd been through and really understanding some of the elements that allowed me to know that I was in the right place as a leader. <laughs> and so that was another self-published book. And uh, my fourth book recently was called Find Your Voice, 28 Secrets to Inspire You to Speak Up. And so those, you know, a lot of this is, is there are a lot of different ways to skin a cat. There's a lot of different ways to write. You, sometimes we go crazy. One of the, I'll share a quick tip with your readers. Sometimes um, if you are, you consider yourself less of a writer, but more of a speaker, one of the things you can do is make a list of 10 questions and then ask somebody to interview you, have them ask you the questions and record that interview and then get that interview transcribed. And you've got most of your book right there. You may need to massage it a little bit, have an editor put some things together, but your brilliance is already up here. Your, your, your information that you've got, the, your, your passion, your heart is already there. And it's just finding a, a, a way to spill it that resonates with you. Good. You get a good tip indeed. Uh, now, unfortunately, time is, is rapidly drawing to a close, I, though I'd love to go on talking to you uh, for the rest <laughs> of the day. Um, and I'm sure we'll reconnect again. But yeah. um, I do need to ask you, for those who are now uh, glued to this podcast, listening to um, uh, some of the ways you, you are dealing with these, these questions and, and giving so many insightful uh, pearls of wisdom into success in life and business, they are going to want to know how to get hold of you. So are you uh, a, a guy with you know, immense social media presence. I mean, obviously we've heard about the books, but yeah. if, if I was looking for you, where would I find you? You find me everywhere as Robert Kennedy three Twitter. Sometimes I'm not there a whole lot, but I'm, I'm there as Robert Kennedy three. I'm on Instagram, Robert Kennedy three, Facebook, Robert Kennedy three, LinkedIn, Robert Kennedy three and my website. Guess what? Robert Kennedy three.com. <laughs> uh, the number three, not the third, the alphanumeric three. So yeah. yeah, that's, that's where I am. I've got a group on Facebook that I hang out in quite a bit. That's called the storytellers growth lab. And we work with people there on their, on the techniques and the technologies of storytelling. So that's, that's where I am. You can go to storytellersgrowthlab.com and connect with me in the group there as well. I love it. I might have a piece of work for you. We'll deal with that after the podcast <laughs> ends today. Um, yes. Final question. It is the only question we ask all of our guests uh, without fail. No one has ever gotten away with, uh, without being asked this question. And, and I think from everything I've heard today, I'm really looking forward to the answer to this one. But let's mm. imagine, I, I don't know if you have children, but let's I imagine a, a younger version of you came and sat on daddy's knee one day and says, you know, I've, I've looked at you from, for, for many years, daddy, and you, you know, just you're so inspirational and I see all the things that you've achieved, but I've got to do this for myself now. Um, rather than spend, you know, 
all of this time reading your books and, and listening to the, the things you have to say. Uh, if you could just condense it all down into a few pearls of wisdom, maybe a sentence or two, that mm. the really important things that you've learned along the way through all those successes and failures, if you could just give me that mantra, the word mantra that you mentioned earlier, if you could give me a mantra to live by, what would that, what would that piece of advice you'd give to a younger version of yourself? Wow. Ask questions, get help, act, and don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, how, do, how do people like you come up with answers to that when you don't even know what the question's going to be? It's, uh, it's terrific. Um, just shows what a consummate pro you really are. Um, all that remains for me to say, apart from, my, you know, I hope we can get you back uh, to, to speak to us again because there's so much more clearly we need to find out. But um, for now, uh, Robert Kennedy, the third or three. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sandro Forty podcast. It's been a, a true delight to speak to you. And um, I, I think you've given us in, in half an hour what, what many other guests, you know, struggle to give us in, in several days. So wow. thank you so very much. It's been fantastic. Thanks. I appreciate you having me.